Welcome to Functional Medicine for Women, the podcast that empowers and educates women on their journey toward optimal wellness. I'm your host, Lacey Lane, the Functional Medicine Woman. Women are constantly juggling numerous roles and responsibilities, often putting their own health on the back burner. But here's the truth. You can have better. You're called to more and can live a life free from the limitations of nagging symptoms. And that's where functional medicine for women comes in. Join me each week as we dive deep into the world of functional and fundamental medicine for women, an approach that seeks to uncover the root causes of health issues, reset and balance rhythms, and looks at our bodies from the lens of mind, body, and soul, rather than just a symptoms-based approach. Whether you're dealing with hormone and thyroid imbalances or chronic fatigue, digestive issues, or you just want to gain more energy, This podcast is your go-to resource for evidence-based insights and lifestyle tips. My mission, to empower you with the knowledge and tools to make informed decisions about your health. Using a personalized approach to wellness, I want you to open your eyes to the possibility of truly living in optimal wellness. So if you're ready to jump into functional medicine for women, hit that subscribe button and get ready to take action because you are absolutely worth investing in. Okay, welcome back to Functional Medicine for Women. I'm your host, Lacey Lane, and today I'm excited because we are talking about something that I love. I love talking about blood work. I love looking at it. I love reading it and seeing what's going on inside of your body from a comprehensive viewpoint, and I'm going to teach you about some of your labs today. I'm going to tell you the ones that I think are extremely important when we are talking about women's health and why. And really, we're just going to dive in. I'm going to tell you five blood markers that I think that you should get checked regularly. Now, I want to just like disclaimer this really quick and say, number one, I'm not your doctor. You need to obviously be talking to your doctor, communicating with your doctor for all of these things. But obviously, I think it's also good that you take this and maybe make a list and ask your doctor to get these done on a regular basis. And second thing is, These are just five markers, and if you have listened to any of my other episodes or ever talked to me about functional medicine, then you know that these are just five markers. They are not a comprehensive view like we like in functional medicine. In functional medicine, we like to look at your body as a whole, and so I want you to really remember that and listen to this episode through the lens of these are important markers. These can give you a starting point, but these are not the only ones, and you should definitely get a comprehensive look inside of your body, not just these five labs. So another thing that I want to say before we jump into the labs is if you don't already know my story, I'm going to give you a brief little snippet really quick and why I'm even here talking about blood work with you. And that starts when my daughter was four months old. My husband was diagnosed with leukemia for the first time. And if you don't already know, leukemia is a blood cancer. And so we learned more about blood work. I always tell people I learned more about blood work than any normal human being would want to know, except that I believe with my whole heart, the Lord has used that and given me this love for blood (laughs) that I now get to use that love of looking at blood work and learning about it to help other women. And so Fast forward, he was diagnosed a second time. He had a relapse and then he got a stem cell transplant at that time. Again, we're learning about all the things, all things blood during this time, right? Because again, it's a blood cancer. And then I also was dealing with a 
six-month menstrual cycle during the time that he was getting his stem cell transplant. And so then I ended up getting some iron transfusions that I had an anaphylactic reaction to. It was a whole big thing. But all that to say, that led me all to functional medicine and then eventually becoming a not just functional medicine, health and nutrition coach, but also a functional blood work specialist. And now I get to do that and I get to help you get healthy. And so today we are going to talk about five blood markers that I believe all women should be getting checked regularly. So the first one is hemoglobin A1C. This blood marker is like a storyteller for us. And it just chronicles the journey of your blood sugar levels over time. It's not just a snapshot. And sometimes you'll hear me say that when I talk about hormones, like specifically your sex hormones or like a cortisol, those are what we call when we're looking at blood work, snapshot hormones or uh, snapshot labs. Hemoglobin A1C is not a snapshot. This is your body's way of sharing a long-term experience with us. Your blood sugar is telling us what has been going on for the past several months, not just this one little snapshot of like this morning, what you had for breakfast. Blood sugar is so crucial because it's almost like a diary that your body keeps instead of capturing like just the the today's log, we're going to log it for several months here. We're going to log it over time and we're going to look at it in a more comprehensive view from a blood lab. Whereas something like cortisol, we are much better to do with like saliva instead. So the first one is hemoglobin A1C. It gives us a view of how your body is managing your glucose, which is the energy currency of your cells. I'm going to say that one more time. That is the energy currency of your cells. In other words, it's what's giving your body energy. Hemoglobin A1C is very important, specifically when we're talking about your blood sugar levels and how they are affecting your energy, your mood, and your long-term health. With hemoglobin A1C, it's basically telling us if your blood sugar levels are high consistently, that's basically like having a flood of way too many guests on a dance floor. It's not going to work. Everybody's going to bump into each other, right? It's going to be chaos. And then your energy level is going to plummet. If you think about everybody standing on a dance floor, there's when there's not that many, you can move around freely. You can dance, have fun, whatever. Move your arms, move all around, right? But if there's a hundred people on a teeny tiny dance floor, you're not going to be able to move very well. So the energy level is going to do what? It's going to go down. Same thing happens when our blood sugar levels are consistently high. It's like having that dance floor flooded with people and you can't move as much. Your energy level goes down and you might feel fatigued. You might get moody. You just might not feel like yourself. If we want to fix that, obviously, we want to get rid of some of those people. And so we want to create this perfect playlist and perfect dance floor, so to speak, for your cells, which can be done by using a mix of whole foods, balanced meals, movement, 
lifestyle medicine, things like that. And so we want to really work on doing things like incorporating fiber-rich foods, colorful vegetables. I don't know if you've ever heard me say the word phytonutrients. It's My kids probably know what that means because I talk about it all the time. We talk about how that's the rainbow on our plates. It's phytonutrients. We want as many colorful veggies on your plate as we possibly can get into your meals. And so those things can help act as quote unquote the dance partners for your glucose and it helps slow down the absorption and it prevents energy crashes. So we want to monitor this just like we would be creating a sustainable rhythm that keeps your body moving and keeps just enough people on the dance floor to where you're still having fun being able to move properly that sort of thing. I don't know why I just used a dance floor analogy for that, but it felt a very good way to explain that. I don't even actually like to dance. I mean, I like to dance at home, but I'm not like a big dancer. My husband loves to dance, so I will dance with him, but (laughs) I'm not like a dancer. So I don't even know why that was the analogy today, but your hemoglobin will let us know your glucose levels and help us know energy currency of your cells. And that is huge. That can tell us why you're having energy dips, things like that. So the second one, hormones. Now, when I say hormones, I just want to say these are not the only hormones in your body. We're actually going to talk about other hormones today. But these are what people, when you say hormones, these are the ones that people think of. And they are estradiol and progesterone. And a lot of times people are going to throw testosterone in there too. Now, these two, estradiol and progesterone, are the conductors of your internal communication system as a woman. These are these need to be in balance with each other. These can affect your cycles, these can affect your mood, again your energy, and truly just like your overall well-being. A lot of women have chronic fatigue and I would venture to say that their numbers are probably off when it comes to estradiol and progesterone. Now, I talked about a while ago with hemoglobin A1C that you want to do a blood test for that because that's going to give you more than just a snapshot. However, I would say with estradiol and progesterone and cortisol and testosterone, all of those numbers, I would say that saliva is probably a better look at that However, you can still get a snapshot with blood. That's just a side note. But these need to be working in conjunction, really leveled out. And if they're not, they create a lot of discord within your body. And so why does this even matter? This matters because these hormones can throw off your menstrual cycles. And when I say that, mine, I had a six-month-long cycle. So when I'm saying it can throw it off, they can throw it off. Growing up, I thought that I was just like doomed to have irregular periods. Like that was just my lot in life. I did not even know that I could balance these out and then have normal cycles, which I do now have. And and I don't take birth control. <laughs> just caveat there. I want y'all to know I'm not a birth control fan at all. And these can be balanced out. And that is the goal. We want them to be balanced out. We don't want one to be way higher than the other in, in terms of what their range should be. We want them both to be within the same range or within the same levels of the same range. Those ones we want to be really fine-tuned. These two can wreak havoc on your body. 
if they are out of order. And they do every day, y'all. They do every day. There's so many women I have seen and their numbers are off. And it's no wonder. I mean, they're chronically stressed. They're chronically fatigued. They have all of these chronic health issues. And it all stems from the estradiol and progesterone or any other of these hormone labs that we take. These two, no, again, it's hard for me to actually do this episode because I was trying to come up with the five best ones. And these are really good snapshots. These are good. How do people say that? It's like a thousand foot view, right? If we want a thousand foot view of what's going on and we want to be able to look down and see inside of your body, these are good ones. Now, again, they're not exhaustive. I, I, I want to see more if I'm looking at it, if it's me. But these can give us a good picture of what's going on. And then from there, we can move forward, right? These are just like your little starting point. So I, w- I want to say that and make sure that I'm ingraining that in you today, that these are just starting points. Practical tip to help with um, supporting your hormone balance. And when I say hormone, today we're talking about estradiol and progesterone, but there are lots of hormones working in your body. <laughs> so to support your hormone balance is nourishing foods. Again, phytonutrients are huge. I like to say what I like to tell my clients is aim for adding two vegetables to every meal a day. Now, I also tell my clients start with one thing. So maybe it's not practical to start with two vegetables on your plate for every single meal and get into the rhythm of that and do that right now today. So maybe you just work on doing it at dinner. And then once you have that down and you have your dinner routine down, then move to lunch, add two to lunch, and then move to breakfast and work your way backwards that way. Or just start with one one thing to change because we don't want to make tons of changes that will just end up leaving you stressed out and burnout and that's exactly what we're trying to get you out of so i would say use nourishing foods and this is a huge one and i think it is overlooked so much but stress management techniques your stress levels affect your hormones like you would not believe and i'm going to talk in a second when we talk about the third lab I'm going to talk in a second about internal and external stress, but stress management is huge. And then there are things you can do like seed cycling. And if you don't know what that is, go sign up for my free holistic health hub. I have a little guide in there. It's a hormone guide. Go grab that because that will teach you a whole lot more about all of this and go more in depth. But all of these things will help. These are just practical everyday tips. And what's interesting about all of these, and as I sat down to map this all out and what I was going to talk about today, all of these have some of the same tips. So if you are changing your lifestyle, you're moving your body more, you are getting more fruits and veggies in your diet, you're adding in whole nourishing foods, things like that, then it's going to affect all of these numbers. So it's not just one number that we're going to be changing on your labs. The third lab that we're going to look at today is what I would call your wonderful metabolism partner, which is your thyroid. We're going to look at three labs with your thyroid, not just one. A lot of times your doctor will just order TSH or just order free T3, occasionally free T4, We want to look at all three of those. So you want to write down TSH, free T3, and free T4. All three of these because they're all communicating with each other. And if one is off, if you just check one or you just check two, then you can't know where your issue lies. And what's interesting about this is if you check all three and you're still having issues, then you know to go look somewhere else that it's not these three. 
But I'm willing to bet that if this, there's an issue somewhere else, then you can see within these three what's going on as well. And so that's where your metabolism and your it helps influence your energy levels. Now, it's not like hemoglobin A1C or estradiol or progesterone when it comes to energy. This is important because it's going to tell us everything from your energy levels. Again, we're going to look at what's influencing those to your mood. And I know I keep talking about mood, but as a woman, I think that I don't even need to explain how big this impacts us when all of these things are off. And I know, I can say for myself, I know when something's off because my mood starts to sway and I can tell. I get snappy with my kids. I get snappy with my husband. My husband can probably tell if he's listening to this episode. <laughs> he's probably laughing because he knows when I get moody, that is often an indicator that these numbers are off and that I need to do some work. I need to change some things lifestyle-wise and I need to move my body more or I need to add some more veggies in, things like that. If there is a hiccup in this entire engine here that we are looking at as your metabolism, then we are going to find that with your free T3, your free T4, and your TSH. The I also want to say with these, I'm going to try really hard to explain this. I usually write this down and have like slides to explain all this. Your TSH is actually not even a thyroid lab and your free T3 is also not a thyroid lab. However, they are a good picture of the communication system here. So we have your pituitary is communicating with your thyroid. It's giving, it, it produces TSH. TSH goes and communicates with your thyroid and your thyroid converts TSH into free T4. And then free T4 goes down the chain even further to your gut and your liver, communicates there, and then your liver and your gut turns your free T4 into free T3. And what happens then is your free T3 goes out and communicates to every single cell in your body. It even controls your body temperature, like down to something as simple as that. Free T3 communicates with every single cell in your body. It is very important that these three numbers, and if you've ever had thyroid issues, you can attest to this, but these three numbers are huge. And I don't know, just talking with clients, I don't know of any other numbers that we check that give us as good of a picture. And if you have thyroid issues, I don't know of anybody that has as big a dips in how they feel as people with thyroid issues when these three numbers are off. This is something that will you will know without a doubt that you don't feel good. This isn't like a, I feel crummy today. If you have thyroid issues, if these numbers are off, you do not feel good at all. This, they, it, it is a big influencer of how you're feeling. I think those are absolutely crucial to check. And I can't stand it. I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a second. I can't stand it when doctors only check like just TSH or just free T3 or just one of them because it doesn't give you an overall picture. And having that overall picture helps you know where to go and where to address your issues and how to do that. And I will say again, I have already said this, but lifestyle medicine and nutrition play a huge role in all of these things. Every single lab marker I'm talking about today. But when it comes to thyroid, we definitely want to get on top of that and make sure that we're making the proper changes and that we're really taking lifestyle medicine seriously when it comes to this one because we want to support our thyroid. It affects everything. And I, again, I don't know of anyone, every client I've worked with that has had thyroid issues feels like absolute junk and 
probably feels worse than any other client I've actually worked with. I think people with thyroid issues, truly, they are really not feeling good. Uh, I don't even know another way to say that other than the thyroid really messes with people. I want to go back really quick to nutrition on this. When we talk about nutrition being so important, iodine-rich foods like seaweed are really important for thyroid health and managing stress. Okay, here's where I was going to talk about stress. With managing stress, we have internal and external stressors. Your internal stressors are things like viruses, bacterial infections, miscommunications within within your communication system of your body, things like that. When your numbers are off and they've been off for a long time and your body is in that chronic state of trying to get back to normal, if you're in fight or flight mode internally, then that's going to affect your TSH levels. And that's where all of this starts. When we're talking about thyroid, it starts in your pituitary. All of these affect your pituitary. And then let's add on top of that, you have a stressful job or you just have stress going on in your life. Something's going on in your family. I don't know what it is, but that's an external stressor. And when you add external stressors, I always like to make, I always like to use the analogy of, so one of our children has um, autism and she really struggles going to the grocery store. When she was little, she really struggled with going to the grocery store and would scream. I remember being in Aldi and just like breaking down, leaving the cart, taking all three kids out, leaving the cart in the aisle and just leaving because I was so stressed out from that external stressor of her screaming. She used to just scream the entire time we were in there. And sometimes I could handle it. Sometimes I, like this one particular time, I could not. I just left. I left all my groceries in the cart. I didn't even care. I could not handle it. And I had to get out of there. So I like to say that's an external stressor. That was an external stressor I had that was affecting me majorly in that moment. But at that time, like looking back, now I know I had some internal stressors going on as well. And so I always like to use that example because people, we think of different things as external stressors, but having a child scream nonstop for 15, 20 minutes at a time is definitely an external stressor that can affect you internally. And all of these things put together affecting your pituitary can really do some work on the communication system of your body in a bad way. It can create a lot of chronic issues. And so we really want to manage stress and we want to eat foods that are rich in iodine because these all help keep pituitary, thyroid, and even liver and gut function working properly. And I like to tell people too, if you can handle your internal stressors, if you can get those under control through nutrition, supporting it with supplements, whatever you need to do, if you can get your internal communication system working properly and you can get healthy in that way, then your external stressors are a lot easier for your body to manage. But when it's got internal and external stressors all communicating to your pituitary your adrenals are going nuts. When all of it is off, then you're going to chronically not feel good because your body cannot get out of that communication system being off. And so we want to fix that system and we want to get it to where it can function properly. And we want to get it to where when you have external stressors, it doesn't completely wreak havoc on the internal 
side of your body. So that was a big, long explanation, but I think it's very important when we're talking about thyroid health. The fourth marker that we're going to talk about is C-reactive protein. A lot of times when you're looking at your labs, if you have them out right now, it, it just says CRP on it. And this is your inflammation. This is an internal stressor. Inflammation is a huge internal stressor. It's what we call the silent disruptor. It is a indicator of inflammation levels, and it basically is like a forecast of your internal storms, essentially. It gives us the forecast of what's going on internally in terms of like the storms going on inside of this communication system. And so we really want to get it to where there are no quote-unquote storm clouds brewing internally in your body. Again, going back to what I was just talking about with your thyroid health, and so we want to make sure your CRP levels are right in the middle. I would say right in the middle of whatever the range is. And now, if you're looking at this on a Western lab, I will tell you there is a difference in Western lab ranges than there are in functional lab ranges. And the difference is basically just that functional lab ranges are for optimal health and Western lab ranges are really more of just averages of each lab and their clients and patients. So I always like to tell people, I don't like to look at Western ranges because most people that get labs done are not healthy. They are going because they're sick, trying to find out what's going on. And then that's the average. And let's be honest, 60% of Americans, actually it's a larger number this year, they have chronic diseases or health issues. And I don't want to look at my personal labs in an average of a society that has 60% chronic diseases. I like to look at my labs personally for myself from a functional standpoint, which is for optimal health. And they have been tested and tried and been put together by several doctors for what optimal health would look like. So that's what we use in functional medicine world. And that's what I would suggest that you use. But nonetheless, you want it to be right in the middle of that range. That is probably the best like landing place you could have for your CRP. So. CRP, again, is your inflammation marker, and it's linked to so many health issues. I think a lot of times people just think of inflammation as you get stung by something and there's obviously like an inflamed site, but this is going all the way into digestive issues, skin conditions that aren't just a bite, or we think of it as a reaction to eating peanut butter and you have a breakout, but inflammation goes way deeper than that into other issues like digestive concerns and things like that. So a practical tip here is to use an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And that includes a diet that, again, going back to stress management and incorporating things like turmeric and black pepper, any anti-inflammatory things that you can be putting into your body if this is off. And last but certainly not least is iron. And we want to look at your ferritin. Now, again, we're looking at it from a 10,000 view from above. This is just a starting point. This is not all of it. I personally like to see transferrin, your um, iron, serum iron. I want to see it all. Um, but right now we're just talking about ferritin. And so ferritin is really like the gatekeeper. We're talking about your energy and cognitive function here. This is your guide to maintaining optimal levels within your body. If you were looking at your iron, it's truly an essential building block for your energy production and, again, cognitive function. If your levels are correct, then, you know, brain fog and fatigue 
will not, for lack of a better term, plague you like they will if those are low. I think a lot of times when we're talking about, like we say terms like pregnancy brain or mom brain or brain fog, things like that. And oftentimes those are because we have iron issues that need to be resolved and they're not. And I think they're just overlooked. I mentioned earlier that I had to have um, iron transfusions and I had actually blacked out a few times because my iron was so low. And prior to that, I just kept thinking, I just have brain fog or mom brain because we had three little kids at that time. And if you don't know, my kids are my youngest two are only six months apart and my older two are or my middle and my oldest are only 15 months apart. So my kids are very close. Six months out of the year, my two youngest are the same age. When they were little and I had all three of them were still in diapers, I really struggled brain fog wise. But what I did not know then and I do know now is that my iron was absolutely had plummeted and I did have brain fog and I did have fatigue because those are directly affected by our iron. And so iron levels are crucial for you to be able to function and not fall into fatigue and brain fog and really have good cognitive function. To boost iron levels, just a really quick practical tip for you is eating obviously iron-rich foods, spinach, lean meats. I remember after I had my, my first anaphylactic reaction to an iron transfusion and I was talking to my dad afterwards and at that time we were also vegan so that did not help either. And I remember him just saying, can you just please eat a cow? If you would just eat a cow, none of this would be a problem. And for those of you that don't know, I think I already said this a while ago, but I did grow up in the country. And obviously my dad is from the country and his suggestion of just eating a cow was very wise because now we do obviously eat meat. I'm very picky about our meat, uh, but we do. And I have not had iron issues since then. And so eating meats that are high in iron and things like spinach regularly are obviously very good for that. There's also a tea that is very good for iron. I actually have used it several times. I will drink it around the times that I start to feel like I'm getting fatigued or like when I'm on my period, I drink it because I don't want to get to that place of my iron being too low. And that is called nettle tea or stinging nettle tea, which sounds really weird, but it's very good. It's very rich in iron. And I can say from experience that it really does help and it gives me a boost whenever I am really feeling like my body just has zero energy, especially again around the time of my cycle. So that is just a really quick overview of those five. I I'm not going to go any deeper into these today just because I want these to be really quick episodes that you can come and take away something from and not have to feel like you have to sit here forever like we're going through a big master class or something like that. So that's what I have for you today. Again, just to run through those, they are hemoglobin A1C. We're looking at your glucose levels there, estradiol and progesterone. Again, not an exhaustive list of hormones there. TSH, T4, and free T3 your inflammation indicator, which is your C-reactive protein or CRP, and then ferritin. But again, I would like to see all of your iron numbers, not just ferritin. But if we only have that to go off, it is a very good indicator 
of what is going on and what might possibly could be the reason that you have fatigue or brain fog or something like that. So that's all I have for you today. And I hope it was helpful. I hope that you gained something from this. And I would love for you to leave a review for this podcast and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And it's actually the number one way that we can share this with other women and get the word out because I believe wholeheartedly that all women need this information. We need to be sharing this because if you are like me or you have friends that are like me where you were searching for answers and Western medicine was leaving you with nothing and you were still feeling like complete junk, then please share this with a friend because we need to spread the word. Thank you for joining me today on Functional Medicine for Women. I hope you found today's episode empowering and educational. If you're enjoying the content, would you consider subscribing to the podcast to stay updated with the latest episodes? Your support truly means the world to me. And the one thing you can do to help support me is to leave a review so that more incredible women like you who are on a journey to wellness can be empowered to take their health into their own hands. Remember, it's not just about listening. It's about taking action. You are called to more and your health goals are within reach. Start your journey today by visiting thefunctionalmedicinewoman.com and joining the free forever membership to get going. Thank you so much for being a part of this community.